This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shack Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by Independence Title. Appliances Now. St. David's South Austin Medical Center. Hat Creek Burger Company. Overt Auto Group. Our Way Appliances. Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's the latest episode of Three and Out with Tony Salazar. Well, back for week two as Westlake is ready for the 2023 home opener. We're back with three and out and Tony Salazar. Coach, one of the things that we've always talked about in getting game one in, how did your team respond just to all of the outside things that lead up to getting on the road, getting on the bus? Those guys with varsity experience, they've been there, done that, but some of those guys took their first road trip ever as a Westlake varsity player. How'd they handle that? Obviously, objective A was to win, so obviously when you come home with the win, you call it a success. We you know, kind of dissect our performance offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise, and we kind of see where you can get better better and obviously there's areas improvement in all three of those phases uh, that's really what we hit on this week is kind of correcting the mistakes and I think a lot of the mistakes for us kind of happened in the third quarter halfway through the fourth quarter we just didn't capitalize some opportunities that's been the message all week is just to uh, to play a cleaner game to execute for four quarters I thought we executed the game plan pretty dang well for the first two quarters so I was proud of the way we started I mean rewinded a year ago we probably started as bad as you could start with like a three and out on offense a bad snap to the punter on the first punt of the game and they got the ball score in the first drive of the game so to have a 21-point lead going at halftime, uh, that was a much better start bar football team. So I was proud of them there. Obviously, as we went through the game, you know, which is to be expected with Houston and how hot it was. You know, we had some guys going down some cramps and, and you know, a little heavy-legged. And that's that's first game. That's not atypical. That happens, you know, just about every single year. So our good players played great. Uh, and then some of, you know, some of our new players that were new to those varsity roles, you know, they got through it. At times they played good, and at times they looked like a first-year start. The, the adage goes, it's we, we look to see a big jump in, in our execution and the production from those players that uh, got their first start because no longer is it the first start. big thing for me is you do not want to put a great product out there week one. You want to put whatever you have out there and then build off of it. You do not want to be playing your best football in August. You want to be playing your best football in December. And every team is new. And that's what we often have to remind the community, remind fans, remind people outside the field house that regardless of what happened last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, you got a bunch of new players. You know, you don't get to keep them. They graduate. They leave. They're gone. The hope is that the culture around here has raised these other kids up to a level where they understand what they're doing. And I really think in the face of adversity, and you had some with injuries, you had some guys like Wyatt Williams. Bo Massengill had some, some difficulties at times. But in those moments where you know on film you had to do some coaching. You had to give them some tough love. How's the response been from those guys who did some good, did some bad, and how's the response been in practice this week? Well, it's been great. Obviously, you know, those those opportunities that slip by for some of our players, you know, we look at that as, you know, an opportunity for either them to right or wrong, or it's an opportunity for somebody that's uh, maybe behind that person in a backup role to, you know, seize hold of their moment when they get the opportunity. And so we've had some spirited workouts uh, Monday through Wednesday of this week, a lot of competition. And I think uh, we kind of went back to that this week of uh, we spent a lot of time last week, you know, learning Ridgepoint and focusing on our game plan for them. And we probably kind of put on the back burner a little bit, uh, just practicing it for Full speed, you know, Westlake versus Westlake. We got back to that this week a little bit, and I saw the execution pick up. I saw the intensity pick up. It was great because I got to show all of our kids on tape the difference between what it looks like when we compete against each other versus when we're, you know, going against an attack team offense or attack team defense. You know, because of that and pointed it out and seeing it on tape, I think our guys responded. 
they know that uh, we need to practice at championship level, no matter if it's ones versus ones or if it's ones versus the attack team. And then obviously our attack team got that message as well. And those guys raised their level of play up this week. So through whatever four weeks of from camp to now, uh, those are the best three practices we've had this year. Zach Martinez said this last week in our Shop of the Week interview. He said, the fun part for me is being in a position to work against the starters, give them the best look. You know, he might smile while doing it. You know, you, you call them smiles. But mm-hmm. the, the bottom line is when you've got a guy that is trying to rep it out, trying to get his assignment down, the stress of being a starter as a Westlake football player, and then you've got a guy basically saying, look, dude, we're going to go full throttle the entire practice. The mantra here, iron sharpens iron. It's true not just from the first 22 guys. It's the entire roster has to go hard or it won't work. You know, we take great pride here in being members of our attack team, and, and those guys have a job, and their job a lot of times doesn't show up on Friday. It happens Monday through Thursday. It happens with, obviously, you know, simulating the, the opponent's offense, the opponent's defense, trying to get the mannerisms of all the different players and the tells that we see on tape, and obviously trying to get them, you know, uh, line them up and react in the right place they're probably going to, we're hoping, anticipating them be on Friday night. So these guys that are in these, uh, you know, attack team roles, that's their job, and they understand it, and their job is not to be a blocking dummy for our offensive line. Their job is to come off the ball as hard as they can and make our offensive line work so that uh, when Friday night comes, these guys are ready. And we practice at that speed. And so when we play, hopefully it's a little bit slower than practice. They're the heart and soul of our team, the guys that uh, go over there and unselfishly, you know, put themselves, uh, you know, front and center to, to make uh, our ones and either side of the ball great. You look at what the special teams was able to do. And really, when there's a when there's a lull in the action, when the offense isn't doing what the expectations are, when goals aren't being met, when the defense has been on the field for the majority of the second half and they've given up some points, you're starting to look at, okay, where is Westlake football? Because you can't take away anything from Ridgepoint because Ridgepoint was actually a very, very good opponent. That was probably one of the toughest first games Westlake's had in, in quite some time. But when you look at the effort on the other side of the ball and you say, okay, where is Westlake? Where is Westlake? There it is in the special teams. You can take out the 59-yard field goal with five minutes left, but really the, the blocked punt, the relentless pressure, catching all the balls, that is the one area where you look at the goal board. We know C's get degrees, Coach, but we, we're looking for B's and A's. A-plus flying out the door is is Blake Dunham's special teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's uh, a big part of who we are. We're not just, uh, you know, one-trick ponies here with just playing great offense or playing great defense. It's Special teams is is the most unselfish part of our, of our program besides our tag team players. And the cool thing about special teams, doesn't matter if you're an offensive guy or a defensive guy. You know, we mix all those guys in there to keep some fresh legs and give guys with skill sets that are going to help us make some plays. And, and you saw some guys do that last week. You mentioned the block punt by Red Steppy with an outstanding get off and execution and, and, and uh, result there with him blocking that punt. And then obviously we got 33 back there in the back returning kicks. I told our team the other day, you know, we, we got a very, very special talent back there and we got to do our job up front to make sure we get hats on, you know, hats on bodies and, and try to give that guy a little bit of a crease. He doesn't need much. But we got give him a crease to try to go do what he does and and we saw that last week with the kickoff return unfortunately it got called back you know i think that's uh, just kind of a precursor for what this season's gonna was was gonna look like on special teams for us when you see that kick get called back and it was electric and what i loved is you had to give jack the the opportunity to catch his breath after that but it led to to nate acosta being a, a, a pivotal part of the running game especially just getting big chunk yardage and having that fresh set of legs a weapon that you didn't necessarily have you had it in a young body in grady bartlett but now you have acosta held 
healthy, and it really gives you this two-pronged approach about how you attack the running game, giving Jack the opportunity to be him and have the opportunity to be him for all four quarters and not carry the bulk of the load. Right. I mean, that's uh, you know one of the rooms in our field house that we feel good about is our running back room, and not just those top two guys, but there's a couple guys right behind them that are chomping at the bit, you know, having great practices and, and are one or two plays away from you know being right in the middle of the action all the time. And so our running back room is, is deep. Uh, obviously, it's led by our two senior running backs at the top, like you mentioned, Nate Acosta and, and uh, Kaiser. I keep telling myself to start that game is that's the first time Nate's played in a football game in a while. You know, after his injury last year and throughout the spring, he worked his tail off to rehab, you know, had to end up having a second surgery to kind of recorrect some things. It's been a long road to get Nate back to that first game. And obviously to see him, you know, kind of two weeks now in Cedar Park, he had some flashes of some great running ability and did the same thing against uh, last week against Ridge Point. We gained a lot of confidence in Nate and obviously his ability last week to, to step in and carry more of a load. Uh, so I anticipate him obviously having a big uh, impact on our offense as that one-two punch with him and Kaiser and then those young, young running backs we have waiting behind him. What I like to see in the receiving core when you lose talents like Keaton Quebecca and Jaden Greathouse and you inherit some guys that have been waiting in the wings, we kind of knew what Brody Wilhelm would bring to the table, and he showed us six catches, led the team in receiving. What we didn't know is that who's going to be that Bryce Chambers guy? Who's going to be that guy in the middle that can that can make some plays? And we found out that Cal Livingood can make some plays. Right. And, and even when the ball's not where it's supposed to be, he can go get it. Not necessarily the biggest, not necessarily the strongest, but certainly a guy that can be a difference maker. You've got Heath McCree. We know about his speed. But at the end of the day, that's the guy that really stood out to us as, as somebody that embraced the challenge of trying to replace a guy that's been a three-year starter. Absolutely. You know, he plays a very important role in our slot receiver in our offense. And that guy's got to be a Swiss Army knife. He's got to be able to block. He can be physical uh, in the run game and as well, obviously, be you know athletic enough to, to create uh, some separation and make plays when the ball's thrown his way. So Cal's got a bright, bright future. You know, he's only a junior. It's his first start. He is intense. He practices hard every single day. Day. You know, he's probably on every dang special teams we have. I mean, that's how much uh, Coach Dunham trusts him. That's how much we trust him. You know, he's going to have a big-time role in our offense as this thing involves throughout the season. Moving on to Judson, I know some things that never change. Unfortunately for Judson, they've taken a giant step back as a program. But, you know, Coach Soto has his work cut out for him. He's trying to rebuild Judson in the image that it was once when he was a player there, when he was a coach there. And that is going to take time. And what we've seen is Judson get humbled a little bit. 2021, first losing season since 1976. They had another losing season, but they were able to make the playoffs. They've only got a six-team district, so five games. They're playing five non-district games, and Westlake is one of them. They come off a tough loss, 24-21 to against Johnson, a team that, again, was close last year in a high, high-scoring environment. So for what it's worth... Judson is trying to rebuild something. They're in that state of flux right now, where perhaps Westlake was maybe in 2014, 2015. They've got talent in their program, and I think it's all just about uh, you know Coach Soto kind of harnessing all that talent, getting pointed in the right direction. Uh, you can see, you know, even last week in their first game, there was several times in the game where they executed on both sides of the football. Uh, there was good offense play, there was good defense played. It's our job to, to put the pressure on them, and obviously to make them not execute as well. And that all kind of fits hand in hand with what we've been talking about all week about the opportunities when they present themselves especially in key parts of the game, keep our guys healthy and fresh, you know, hopefully for a long season. And you look where they're good, Coach. Returning basically 8 of 11 starters, 3 on the offensive line, and 
but it's very clear what they want to do. They want to try to establish the run, which is easier said than done against Westlake, but Nathaniel Stanley, over 100 yards rushing, yeah, that's good enough to win a high school football game. Obviously, they didn't, but you kind of see where they're headed in the style of football they want to play with Stanley behind the behind the quarterback. Yeah, it all starts, no doubt, with Stanley, senior running back. It starts with him. You know, their offense is kind of RPO-based, a run-pass option where, you know, they're reading defenders in the box, and if the box is heavy, they'll, they'll spit it out to the outside of those skill receivers that are all talented. You know, I think three of those four receivers are coming back from last year's football team so they got skill and experience out, out wide as well uh, and obviously if you have a light box they're gonna hand the ball off to Stanley and then try to, to make you pay that way it's kind of an offense that tries to get you in the wrong spot obviously based off of a, a run scheme inside with the run with the offensive line the running back and then you have some quick intermediate routes with slants and stops and, and quick outs and they're hopefully you know trying to play a numbers game and get the ball to the spot with the least amount of defenders which is always a challenge and I think uh, we had overcome that with just uh, great effort and running to the ball as a football team getting there in a hurry and trying to make some plays in the ball carrier when we get there. The number nine for Judson on defense is a famous number. We see a lot of the returning starters on the defensive front. Zacchaeus Thomas, 6'2", 230-pound senior, played against Westlake last year. What do you see just defensively? Their scheme is obviously something that is not new to Westlake, and and it's not new really to all of San Antonio and perhaps the state of Texas. That's how legendary it is. You know, Mark Soto played on this defense, and he's running the same type of scheme that they ran when he was in high school. No doubt the defensive end, Thomas, is a talented football player. Uh, he's got some good size at 230 and 6'2". He's a senior, obviously been there for started for several years now. Uh, all three of the actual down linemen are also returning, so, and they're all seniors. So that's the strength. As you go to the, the, the back end, I think they're blessed with speed. We know that about Judson football teams and Judson athletics in general. they got some talented kids out there that are probably on the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 uh, probably 100-meter, 200-meter runners. It's no different you look in the back end. There, there are two safeties, there are two corners. They're all very, very talented and, and fast. The ability to run to the ball once the play has been diagnosed, the ball has been exposed to where it's going to, you see their football team turning running to the ball and I think it's a good sign of a, of a good team uh, nobody's sitting and watching you know wondering you know somebody else is going to make the play you see a bunch of guys running to the ball as fast as they can there with with reckless abandon and so we like to play that way on defense ourselves that's what I would say obviously as a, as a pat on the back to, to Judson as you watch their defenses great effort to the football and you're gonna have 11 guys flying towards it every play Final thought, Coach, as we take a look, take a giant look at what Westlake football, the brand, is because we had a unique situation happen this weekend as I kind of sat back and thought about it because there's so much in the moment that you think about. You know, from our vantage point, there's you got to get this done, you got to get this done. We're so regimented in what we do as far as how we cover Westlake football. But there was this moment this weekend where I'm sitting back and I'm going, there's preseason games on, there's a college game in Ireland going on, and then there's the game on Friday night. Friday? The 2023 Shafts took the field. Saturday, one of our own was catching touchdowns in Ireland. And then Sunday, you see a collection of guys playing in preseason games that have been in this field house in the last 10 years, which says a lot to me, kind of looking at the overall vantage point of Westlake football is kind of penetrating every little spot in the football world as far as this country is concerned. You know, I know that it's it's hard to pull yourself out of the day-to-day grind. How does that make you feel, looking, you know, seeing that kind of thing happen and, and knowing that there's guys playing on Friday, there's guys playing on Saturday, and there's guys playing on Sunday? You know, I think it just probably warms my heart more than anything to know that uh, this great game that, uh, you know, myself as a head football coach and our coaching staff as our football coaches, it's this great game brought us all together. You know, and it taught us a bunch of life lessons, it kind of raised us from young boys to men throughout our time here at Westlake. I think those guys that have been gone now for a few years that have come through our program that are still achieving great things, college athletics and obviously in the NFL, I think they'd have the same sentiment that, uh, you know, hopefully we prepared them for the challenges in life. 
they know they are prepared with the football part of it because uh, we try to obviously run our program you know as close to a, to a college program as we can with with the level of install that we have on offense defense and special teams the preparation with our practice schedule and the way we practice as some of these guys tell us you know i, I was so ready for practice because our practice schedule looks just like it does in college Exactly. There's a background there for, for a lot of these coaches here on the staff and obviously Coach Dodge. All that's the same. But the biggest thing, you know, is seeing a lot of these guys, you know, be leaders of their team. And I think that's also a bigger pat on the back. They're not just kind of in a special teams role. You see some of our players being the leaders of their team. I'd like to think they learned a lot of those leadership skills while they were here. And obviously, as they've grown and matured, they, they've naturally, you know, excelled and, and fallen themselves into the, the leadership position. So I'm just so tickled that uh, those guys obviously are, are doing well. And on top of those football players, there's so many other kids all across the country that played for us here on Friday night that aren't playing on Saturday or Sunday, but they're still doing amazing things. And I get the chance to catch up with some of those guys every now and again. And believe me, they're texting on Friday to say, go Shaps, and, and we'll be watching you guys from afar. And, you know, that's our family atmosphere we have, Joe. You see it in our field house. These coaches enjoy being here with these kids. These kids enjoy being here with these coaches. We all like to be here with each other. And I think that's part of enjoying coming to work every day. It's not a job if you enjoy it. And I think our kids enjoy this football program. Our coaches enjoy this football program. We're just hoping to go out there, obviously, and work every week to throw a good product on Friday so we can all be happy and, and proud of what we've accomplished. Yeah, I think when Spencer hit that 59-yarder, the, the immediate thing that I said is, I don't know what time lights out is at West Point, but I know there are two lifetime shafts that are that are currently waking up at PT early in the morning, but probably got a chance to sneak that that game in, whether it's on the Shap app or whether they got their laptops open. But that was kind of the fun part, is thinking about how Leo Lowen and Charlie Barnett might be sneaking Westlake football into their bunks at night. So it's kind of fun to, to see it from that perspective. Coaches, always thanks so much for the time and good luck. You got it. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shack Club and part of the Westlake Nation Media Network. This is Westlake Nation.